technical difficulties with the stream. But nonetheless, we're happy to uh, be on air. Hello and welcome to Take the Take on Barnburner TV Network and, and Zingo Channel 250. My name is Patrick Town and I am joined as always alongside Luke Burroughs and Nick Robinson. Uh, we have a lot to cover today, but before we get to that, please remember to download both the Barnburner and Zingo TV app available on iOS and Android devices. Zingo TV is also available on Chromecast, Amazon Fire, and Fire TV Sticks, Roku, and Roku Sticks, also on all Smart TVs 2016 forward. I think that's the best intro I've had um, so far. Anyway, gentlemen, how are we doing today? Great. Good to see you again, Patrick. Good to see you. Good. Well, you got my name right this Friday. Yes. Yes. Thank it's a much, you. It's a much better day. We're doing our show at a different time. Normally, our Friday shows are 7 to 8, but because of the holiday, today is the only time it's going to be from 2 to 3. Um, we have a lot to get into. We're going to tee up the Stanley Cup final, which is official. But before we get to that, we have some other news. Yesterday, we spent, I'd say, at least 50% of our episode talking about the Minnesota Wild. Bill Guerin spoke again today, um, and he released that Miko Koibu will not return to Minnesota. Um, sparked a lot of discussion, especially on Twitter. Will he retire? Will he go to free agency? Um, what do you guys think? Nick, we'll start with you. Yeah, strange timing on that, because uh, if you listen to Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick speak the other day, the indication from them was that this announcement was going to come from Miku Koivu himself, as opposed to Bill Guerin or anybody in the Minnesota Wild front office. But obviously, like you said, Pat, today, Bill Guerin dropped it on us that Miku Koivu will not be re-signing with the team. So yeah, it's uh, I, this really the first time in his career that he's going to hit the open market. He's 37 years old. Obviously, he's had a fine career. He's been a solid player for Minnesota for a long, long time. And, you know, while he probably would have been just an okay asset to have back and retain for Minnesota, you know, uh, he's now going to enter that uh, sort of uncharted water for him. And maybe he retires from here. That would still seem most likely to me. But I think if he did decide he wanted to play now, he could probably still be of some use to maybe a contending team. So I guess we'll see what happens with Koivu from here. Luke, what are your thoughts? I think it's a bit funny that, um, that, that Koivu didn't make this announcement himself. Like Nick said, uh, you know, when you, when you have a player like Koivu and I see a lot of uh, reflections with Daniel Alfredson in this. And I, I mentioned that before, but um, you know, when you have a player like Koivu who spent his whole career with Minnesota, you'd kind of expect he would make a statement saying, you know, one of three things I'm staying, I'm retiring, or I'm going to, you know, test out some other options. So it's a bit funny that, that Minnesota just comes out and says, we don't know what he's doing, but we know we're not resigning him. I don't know. It does. So that doesn't mean that he, he doesn't want to play there. He might've wanted to play there and, you know, Garen just thought, eh, it doesn't really fit in. So I hope he keeps playing. And again, with the offers and similarity, Given his age, he's if he does keep playing, it's going to be probably a one-year contract. I'd I'd like to see him. I mean, well, actually, I don't like seeing that. Like, uh, you know, older veterans jumping around like that at the end of their career. But I I would like to see him keep playing because he 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 does have he clearly has um, something to bring to the table. So a bit a bit of a funny ending there um, for his time in Minnesota, but. I, I don't think that points to him, it meaning he's retiring at all. It, it totally could. I don't know. I don't know what he's thinking, but um, I just, I think, you know, one thing you, you have to remember is it's not like he's totally washed up at this point. No, not at all. And look, he's been with Minnesota since 2005, uh, about 709 points and just over a thousand games played. 
Miko Koivu still has some good hockey left in him. No, he's not going to provide the offense. He had a couple of 50 point seasons in the early uh, 2010s, but he can still provide some really strong defensive play. Probably a team looking for a third or fourth line center. I still think he can play there, but I'm curious, Luke, what you mentioned, you don't like older players jumping around like that. I'm just curious why you look at someone like Pat yeah. Maroon. I think Pat Maroon's a good example of an older player still yeah. for, for a ring who can still and, be pretty productive. And I, 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 and I think that might just be a me thing. Um, like I totally get your time. You know, if you spend your whole career with one franchise and your time kind of comes to an end, whether it be from the player's standpoint or from the team like it's a business the team isn't just going to keep you around because you know for sentimental reasons sometimes you see that but more often than not you get to a point where the player kind of has to decide well look I only have you know one two three years left in the league do I want to go out and try to win a cup the only reason I say that is because it kind of the legacy kind of gets skewed a little bit like that's fair again I'll use Daniel Alfredson spends his whole career with Ottawa you know, I would have loved to see him retire as a senator. He goes to Detroit for one year and it's just kind of like, oh man, you you know, you almost had that. Like it came so close to a cup with that team. He goes to Detroit to try to win a cup and you can't blame him. Like um, for, for a guy like that, who's, who's, who's established himself and deserves it. It makes sense. But I just think from, from, I guess, a sentimental standpoint, I'd rather see such a dedicated yeah. player and such a, such a player for, whatever city they're playing in like Alfredson, it just kind of, Oh man, he, he couldn't retire as a Senator. But I, I think in that case, I think he came yeah. back for, I, I would agree if they were completely washed up and I'm not, not, I'm not that you're saying he's washed up. I should clarify Maroon's looking for another ring, not a ring. Uh, totally forgot about St. Louis. Anyway, Nick, what are your thoughts on, on, on older veterans sort of looking for maybe another crack, one last crack at a Stanley cup. Do you think it does a disservice to what they did with the team they spent so much time on. What are your thoughts on, on that with uh, Miko Koivu? I wouldn't say disservices any of like uh, the team that they previously played for or anything like that. I don't think it tarnished his legacy, anything like that. Look at the end of the day, I think when you look back on somebody like a Daniel Alfredson or a Mike Medano guys who spent years and years and years or Matt Sundin, even uh, Toronto, all those years finished in Vancouver and then Medano and Alfredson both finished in Detroit I think it's just, it's one of those random blips that nobody really remembers at all. Nobody's going to remember Miku Koivu if he signs with with a contender next year and plays on the fourth line. Nobody's going to remember that. Everybody's always going to remember that he was a solid uh, centerman for the wild for X amount of years. Just like how we remember De- Medano for playing in Dallas, Alfredson for playing in Ottawa, Sundin for playing in Toronto. I think at the end of the day, it hockey's a business and this is one of the more unfortunate parts of it. And uh, you know, obviously Bill Guerin leaving quite a mark early on in his tenure in Minnesota, obviously by letting go probably one of the most popular figures in franchise history now, just a year into his uh, tenure as GM. So interesting move for Guerin. And hopefully if this is the end for Miku Koivu, then, you know, he's had a really good career really solid career and he'll be fondly remembered. But if he chooses to go on to another team, hopefully he can chase a cup. I agree with you there, Nick, that obviously you remember, you'll remember Koivu first time with wild. You remember Medano, you know, like for, for the, for the team that they spent the most time with, obviously. But I just, as, as someone who, you know, watched, watched Alfredson's, I guess, later stages of his career, I like, it's, I won't, forget that he did retire as a red wing 
you know. Well, he did technically retire as a Sounder in the yeah, case that, of Alfredson. Yeah. He did come back, and I think that sort of mended a lot of a lot of yeah, that. Like but... in that case, that like yeah, I I agree with you there. That that is a good way to go about it. Yeah, but uh, I just guess for this case, just Miku Koivu focused on him, and you know, uh, it, we had the graphic up there earlier from Jay Fresh Hockey. We'll give him credit for that. Um, you know, obviously still has some defensive value. So if he chooses to play, uh, I can see a team like Boston maybe being interested, somebody who needs to fill out forward core next year on the cheap. So, yeah. I was going to add that real quick, which team, I know you said Boston, Nick, Luke, what do you think? If you were to pick a team looking for a third or fourth line center, who would you pick off the top of your head? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess... Like yeah, Boston would be up there. I put Tampa I, in there, but I yeah, like centers. honestly, any of the contenders really. I mean, that's kind of the only the only, the only teams he would go to as a contender. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, one of one of the East contenders for sure. Um, I, I'd maybe think about Colorado too, but yeah, I don't know. Fit. Who knows? All right, moving on from Minnesota because so much of our content today and yesterday has just been the Minnesota Wild for whatever reason. We haven't talked much about Montreal, Vancouver, or Ottawa, and Ottawa had some new breaking news today with their uh, unveiling their rebrand, their new jersey. Uh, Nick, you can screenshot. I'll let you sort of take this over, Nick, because um, this is exciting news. Sens fans are pretty happy. What are your thoughts on the rebrand? Yeah, no, obviously uh, we knew this was coming. Haley Salvin of The Athletic was the first one to break this sort of in about late July, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with the story or followed it at all. There have actually been plenty of leaks over the past couple of weeks. Uh, she had sort of confirmed what this logo was going to look like. And those who read the athletic and any of the senators content on there knew that this was coming. There have actually been plenty of leaks over the past couple of weeks of Ottawa senators related merchandise at the giant tiger, the grocery chain. And a lot of that stuff has leaked. This logo has been plastered everywhere and was causing, you know, a little bit of unrest among Senators fans because it's out there. We all know it's out there. When are they just going to make the announcement? So obviously big positive here. I think the logo looks great. Looks way better than the old one. It's not either of the ones that I have behind me here. I actually don't own a 2D one, but uh, I definitely think I will be owning some 2D merchandise pretty soon. I don't know your guys' thoughts on it. I think it looks great. I like the gold trim on everything. That's that's the updated portion of it. I think it looks great. I love it. Um, I this is probably my favorite Senators logo, um, I guess of all time. But um, I I do also like, and it's probably a lot of nostalgia. But the one the the 3D one on the red jersey behind you there, Nick. I really like that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other 3D one, I'm not so big on, but. I really like this. I think, I think it's by far the cleanest logo uh, they've had. And it, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know Senator's history in terms of logos. I don't know why they rebranded in the first place. I think this is, this is an awesome logo. Yeah, I think it's great. I think the timing of it is excellent. You look at what's been a disaster the past couple of years for Ottawa and they're probably going to get Byfield, Lucas Raymond. They're going to have a, an amazing draft. It's a good way to start fresh with the new players, with a young team and a brand new rebranded um, jersey. If we can move on from that, I would like yeah, to New touch- jerseys coming October 6th. That's that's the last point in there. At the draft, they are coming okay. with the new jerseys. So, so uh, the Washington Capitals 
just announced about an hour ago, they re-signed Daniel Sprong. Daniel Sprong was a second-round pick by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, not, I wouldn't say highly touted, but there were expectations that he'd have a little bit more offensive upside than he's shown. He went from Pittsburgh to Anaheim, uh, up and down the NHL and AHL level, and now he's in Washington. And this sort of sparked, again, more discussion about what the Capitals are going to do with Ilya Kovalchuk. Obviously, they picked him up the deadline from Montreal. A lot of speculation that he's going to go back to Montreal. There was a tweet earlier today that said he's it's likely at this point. Um, for Montreal's sake, do you think this is a good move, Luke? Yeah. Look, like I think, yeah, Montreal's in a position they could do it. So why not? Um, I don't know if it's exactly a the smartest possible move they could make, but everyone knows he, for the very short time he was in Montreal, he played really well. So, you know, if you can, if you can build on that, yeah, it's a, it's a great move. I just, um, I, I think the, the kind of, the kind of moving around Kovalchuk is known to do. I, I don't think Koval like he'll be a huge uh a huge piece for Montreal, no. but I mean for the time being, yeah, I don't see an issue with it. Nick. Yeah, he was really solid in his little run out with Montreal. And I thought that was a genius piece of business from Mark Bergevin, just pumped up his value and then trade him for a third round pick, I think yep. it was. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously it's a really good move. If you're gonna have him back now, it's essentially a th- free third round pick. Pretty lateral move for Washington. Somebody like Daniel Sprong is a decent bet, I think. Just you know, he's probably still got that upside to him. So I, not a bad move at all, in my opinion, just to try and maybe replicate. Kovalchuk didn't really do much in his short time with Washington. But uh, for Montreal, again, it's a free hit. If they get Kovalchuk to produce, maybe they can look at flipping him it again down the road or at least just be some sort of a stopgap for them in uh, this tweener period. And I think he sort of fits that mold of what they're looking for. Yep, I agree. And looking at their right side, I know Cole Caulfield's probably about two years away. You have Brennan Gallagher, but after that, you don't really have anyone on the right side. Uh, Paul Byron and Yoel Armia are both probably third liners. So um, I wouldn't hate it at the right price, of course. No, I don't want too much term uh, for someone that age. But moving on to more recent news, we finally have a Stanley Cup final preview. So last night, Tampa beat New York 2-1 to one in overtime. The even strength goals or the uh, regulation goals, sorry, were from Victor Hedman and Devontae's, and then Sorelli won it in overtime. Before we tee up the preview, I want to talk about the Andy Green four-minute high sticking. And I didn't actually see, I didn't pay too much attention to it when I was watching it. So his stick, when he was turning around, hit Kucherov's nose. He bled about two minutes after, but the nosebleed wasn't a direct result of the cut. It was a direct result of the hit, but not a direct result of the cut. And I didn't really pay attention, but then I saw Brian Burke, Kevin BX on the panel on Sportsnet last night. Brian Burke did not like the call because that rule for a four minute used to be if a stick hit you and it cut your lip and you had to get stitched up, that's where it would be four minutes. But he said, he said that it's basically evolved into any little bit of blood, whether it's a tiny bit, a tiny bit coming out of your nose ultimately is a four minute penalty. And I think he makes a good point because it's evolved and it's sort of become a softer rule. Now, what are your thoughts on that? Nick, we'll start with you. Yeah, I don't disagree with a lot of what Brian Burke is saying. Obviously, the rule itself has sort of been shifted to fit, I don't know, like a, a softer version that it is now. I don't I don't disagree with what he's saying in that respect. I've always thought the high-sticking rule is a little iffy from the fact that it's up to essentially just the referee's discretion at the time to decide whether it's a two- or four-minute based on if a player's bleeding or not, I always thought that was pretty silly. I think it should be, you either go two minutes for a high sticking penalty. 
either way, or just call it because it's probably a more violent penalty. You can take one of the more dangerous ones, uh, given that the face is unprotected for essentially all NHL players. If you want to call every high sticking penalty four minutes, I'm okay with that too. So yeah, it's, it's a, if you rule it, I can see why that would upset Brian Burke, especially if it's sort of that gray area in the rule, yeah. like you said. So, so yeah, Luke. Yeah. So do you think it should be only for if it's a direct cut or blood, no matter what, Luke, what do you think? Well, I don't, I don't know what, what the rule book says exactly right now. Um, I, yeah, the, the blood, like, I, like, is, is the word blood actually used in the rule book? Because if it is, that's a very interesting piece of criteria to make that call on. Um, that's that's I, the gray area we're talking about because yeah it's an older rule and it started where like if if there was because like players you would get cut pretty significantly back then and it was okay if, if your lip is cut open if your cheek is open okay you're gonna get stitched up we'll give you four but so, it's not if it's not a direct result of the cut that's how he's saying it sort of evolved over the years in the way they call it i don't know if it changed in the rule book but the way they call it is any little bit of blood if you're not cut is still four minutes so i think I think the rule, as far as I know, the, that's the rule. The rule is the rule. I, I don't know why you would really, um, why you would really argue with that. Like if, if the rule is, if, uh, you know, a stick infraction, like a high stick infraction causes blood, then yeah, that's a penalty. Um, I don't, I don't really understand the timing of, of the, the high stick in question here, but if, if it doesn't, if it doesn't, you know, if it doesn't clarify, then I think you just have to assume it's as, as broad as, as the wording has it. So yeah, look like if the, if, if the high stick caused, caused bleeding and that's all it says in the rule book, then, then yeah, it's a four minute penalty. I think should all, should all be four minutes. Like, like you asked Pat, like, I guess. Cause um, Burke didn't think it should have been a call. Well, I think that's a whole nother issue because he was is because Andy Green was turning the stick went up his arm. But but I think I think in in any case in these in 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 hockey penalties, you know, it whether you meant to or not, you you can and generally do get called on it. If you trip someone, I'd say the majority of tripping calls I've seen in recent memory haven't been intentional. How often do you actually see an intentional yeah. tripping call? Most of the time it's catching someone with your foot or your stick. And it's like, yeah, it's tripping. I didn't mean to do it, but you go to the box. So I think same thing with, with the issue in, in this game is he definitely didn't mean to, you can see the stick was lifted. He definitely didn't mean to, but he did. So I, I don't, I don't really see if there's anything to argue there. I don't, I don't think, I mean, I get what, what Burke is saying, but I, I don't, think you can actually argue that nick any other thoughts on the high sticking sort of debate no i think it's essentially a micro pirate and again just a debate over the rules in a series clinching game like we saw in the dallas and vegas game uh but essentially it's just a microscopic part of the overall story which is the fact that the tampa bay won and are moving on yeah so i will say i love watching nikita kucherov as a player but he is such a baby flopping around. Like he was diving all over the place, especially with that high stick. It didn't look like it hit him that hard. He throws his hands up and grabs his nose. Anyway, I just want to throw that in there because it's really starting to uh, irritate me watching him play. But anyway, the New York Islanders were one goal away from forcing seven. I watched that game. Tampa looked dreadful. The Islanders were all over them. I rarely saw any sort of like sustained pressure from 
Tampa Bay's offense. Um, what do you guys think of the Islanders making this, making it this far? Is it, is it worth it? Was it worth giving up those picks for Peugeot? Nick, we'll start with you. I think so. Yeah. Because they have them signed long-term now and Sean Gabriel Peugeot was everything they could have wanted in this playoff run. He was amongst their best forwards throughout. He quieted off in this Tampa Bay series, but he was excellent before it. And one of the driving forces of that team, he fits exactly what they sort of needed. Just an all situations centerman that can play with anybody. And you know, he's going to be effective. He's really reliable. And I can see why Barry Trotz, uh, would absolutely love Jean-Gabriel Pajot. And, you know, the Islanders are what they are. We can sit here and debate whether or not we think they're good or not, or if this model that they're running on is sustainable. But for what they are right now, and you, they're probably going to be about the same level next year, I would assume, uh, you know, Pajot sort of fits what they need. They're, he, he's in his prime right now. They have him signed. So, you know, they got a good player. Maybe I, I think Ottawa still did well with the trade, but, you know, I think it works though for both teams. Luke? Um, in terms of in terms of Peugeot specifically, I'd like to think that trade wouldn't have been made if obviously they were, uh, if they, that trade wouldn't have been made if they weren't anticipating on making a deal with him. So yeah, if like, if, if that was a playoff rental, which I don't think the Islanders were in position to do. And I think they knew that. So it, yeah, that makes sense. Um, the Islanders as a whole, I like, I, I, the season's a massive success. I don't see any, any reason to be kind of worried about anything. Um, there's going to be some questions and I think we're going to get to that soon about uh, some decisions they're going to have to make, but, but um, they're definitely on the upswing and they, I think they did way better than anyone would have expected this year, which is great to see. Um, they ran into a good Tampa team like every Tampa team seems to be lately. And I think, and I think we're going to get to this too. I, I think this Tampa team is going to go all the way finally and just get it done so we can stop worrying about it. But, um, no, I, I, I wouldn't, if I were an Isles fan, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be stressed at all. No. Oh, and we'll, we'll just touch on quickly the Islanders sort of off season outlook before we actually tee up the Stanley Cup final. You have Barzal, who's a UFA this year. You have Lee Nelson, Eberle, Laud, uh, Bailey, Peugeot, who are all on really, or RFA, sorry, for uh, Barzal. Um, really long-term deals ranging from about five to seven million. Um, what do you think the Islanders need uh, going forward next season? I've seen just rumors. Obviously, this is just for speculation about the possibility of Matt Barzell being offer sheeted. Um, we haven't seen an offer sheet since last year, obviously with Sebastian Ajo, but what do you think the biggest need for this team is going into next year? And uh, Luke, we'll start with you. I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't know about the biggest need, but I think, I think the number one priority is. Because goaltending is not I, an issue. They're, they're fine. Yeah. There. Um, Barzell he's not, he, he's a really good player. Obviously he's a really good player, but I, I don't think locking him down is like a make or break for them. Obviously that should be a huge priority for them, but I think compared to maybe some other RFAs that we've seen in recent history, it's, it's maybe not as relevant. Definitely. I'm not, you know, trying to, trying to, dilute how how critical Barzell is to that team but I just I think they've got a lot of good things going for them 
you know, take this off season, however long it's going to be, take the off season, see what, see what any possibilities are. They do have some, um, some guys locked up long-term that you maybe don't want locked up term long-term. Uh, the lad contract is kind of tough to see, but, um, I don't know. Like, it's like, I, I kind of said earlier, it's, they, they have a lot of decisions to make, but I, 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 you know, and with the management team they have, I would trust that they're going to, that they're going to make the right ones. Uh, they might be difficult, right decisions, but overall that team is, is heading in the right direction. It's probably not going to look like the same team next year, but that might be for the better. So. So you don't think Barzell is good at hockey. Okay. I think Barzell um, should probably play in the <laughs> AHL. Uh, Nick, what are your thoughts? What do you think is the biggest need for uh, the Islanders this offseason? Do you think they could perhaps move on from one of their uh, bigger contracts? They have a lot of money invested in in a lot of uh, forwards who are about 30 or older. So what do you think they need to do uh, however long this offseason may be? Yeah, well, I'll start by saying first and foremost, I don't think Matt Barzal is getting offer shooted. I don't think Matt Barzal is going anywhere. Um, you know, just... <laughs> The Islanders obviously have a lot of expensive deals uh, that they're currently locked into with their forward group. And it's a tough situation. I definitely don't envy uh, Lou Lamorello and the management there because this team has come under a lot of criticism, especially from the analytics community with regards to, you know, they've got a lot of mediocre players locked in on these big deals. Uh, Cal Clutterbuck, Andrew Ladd was, we all knew that was a questionable one at the time. Uh, Leo Komarov is another one. Some just some really questionable decisions have been made in the past, but you know, the team is what it is. Like I said earlier, they're probably going to be exactly this good next year, whether or not they can sneak past teams in the playoffs again remains to be seen. If they can get good goaltending, then we know they'll be fine, but I still think they need more complimentary forwards and they've done good in that respect uh adding Everly was a great decision a couple of years ago and he's really helped them and that was evident this playoffs uh Barzal and Beauvillier are continuing to develop and they look like they're Barzal especially is going to be a star and Beauvillier seems like a real solid piece add in uh Anders Lee Brock Nelson it's a really solid forward group but it still lacks perhaps one game-breaking uh player that could or at least one elite complimentary player that could help Barzal there's some good forwards that are going to be a, be available in the UFA market this year Tyler Toffoli even a big fish like Taylor Hall I wouldn't be surprised if you heard the Islanders names uh, linked to those types of players because they fit their profile the Islanders are in a win now mode again we can debate how close they are to a Stanley Cup but just based on what they are right now, I wouldn't be surprised if they chased after some of those bigger UFA targets, but first and foremost, they're going to have to clear out some money and they're going to have to get creative in order to do that. Right. Yep. I would agree. I think goaltending is definitely not an issue. You have Varlamov, you have Sororkin, you have Thomas Grace. I'm not worried there. Their defense, I don't want to say is sneaky good. It's fine. Um, Devontae is someone I was really impressed with, especially this postseason. Um, so I think, yeah, I would agree with both of you guys there. The, uh, definitely a complimentary piece who can put up a little bit more offense, maybe more of a finisher. Um, but do you guys have anything else to add or we should uh, move on to the... Yeah, no, I think I'm good on the Islanders. We can move on to the Stanley Cup final. All right, so it's official. Dallas will be playing Tampa. First game is on Monday, I believe at 7.30. Um, we are all going to go through and start with our series picks, move on to Con Smythe, our X Factor in the series, 
and another uh, sort of random thoughts we have on what could sort of put one team or the other team over the edge. Um, we're going to start with our series predictions. And Nick, I want to start with you. Who do you have winning the series and how many games? Well, uh, obviously, I think this is one of the more interesting matchups we've had in the past couple of years. I think, you know what, this is the good thing about the Stanley Cup final every year. I We do get a good matchup every year, I feel like, and we have had for quite a few years now, like some really intriguing ones. You know, I don't think a lot of people were picking Tampa Bay and Dallas. Maybe Tampa Bay was one that was often predicted, but I don't think anybody thought Dallas was going to be here, um, especially at the beginning of the playoffs. But uh, my gut feeling says Dallas wins the series four to two. Obviously this one is it, the teams are very different. Tampa Bay is a really strong offensive team. Dallas, not so much in terms of suppression, but Dallas does have some solid game breaking players like Jamie Ben, Alexander Radulov. They're two blue liners in Klingberg and Haskinen. And I did not mention even Tyler Sagan, because it feels like he's been asleep this entire playoffs. If he can wake up, then there's no reason why Dallas shouldn't be able to at least try and match the Tampa Bay Lightning offensive output. Dallas's goaltending has been the strong suit for them this entire playoffs. So just based on their ability to defend, and they've done a good job since Rick Bonus has taken over of defending, I think it's possible that they are able to stymie the Tampa Bay Lightning. Or this could go completely 180, just like it did on the Islanders, and the Tampa Bay offense overwhelms them. I just have a feeling, though, uh, it's a feel good story with Dallas and everything. So I, I'm going to pick them and I think they're going to win the Stanley cup four games to two. Um, Luke, what do you think? I see yours is a lot different than mine and Nick. So what's your uh, series? It prediction? is uh, now a lot of this is based off of just kind of a gut feeling. I think I have Tampa in five games. I, and I think a lot of it is also because I just want this to happen. I just, I think Tampa is, they're, they're, they're good and they're set up good enough. They're, they're, they're not firing on all cylinders, but they're firing on enough cylinders to, to put down a, a really good Dallas team an unexpected Dallas team. And I'm not taking anything away from Dallas. I just think I just get the vibes from Tampa that they're finally, here to do it they're they're gonna win this year um i like prior to the playoffs if someone told me tampa dallas in the cup final i would have said tampa and yeah dallas has probably had a had a more impressive uh three well i guess round yeah round robin in three rounds um and i but i, I just think i think tampa's a better team and Everyone in Tampa, I mean, aside from Stamkos, everyone on that Tampa team is is contributing enough. I, I just I think it's all come together just enough for Tampa. Uh, and, and yeah, they're going to win four games to one. I have Dallas and six. I think I think if you asked me before, I can say the opposite of Luke. If you asked me before, I probably would have said Tampa. But now I would have said Dallas watching this team. Look, Dallas is on a mission and they look like I hate using cliches, but a team of destiny, every game they've played, even ones that they've lost, they've looked pretty good. And I don't think I can say the same about Tampa. The last two games that Tampa lightning have played, um, they were dominated essentially by the New York Islanders who are definitely an inferior team on paper. So I think the way they're playing, the way they're defending with uh, Heiskanen and Klingberg looks much better than the way the lightning are defending. Nick, I think you have those uh, heat maps. You can see it's going to be a really interesting matchup for these two teams because they play 
they're both high octane offensive teams, but they defend a lot differently. Obviously Dallas is five on five defending is pretty strong. Tampa's offense is unbelievable is a lot stronger than Dallas's, but I think it'll be close, but I think like there we see Dallas's five on five offense. This is through the regular season. So we can't really factor in playoffs, but not much going offensively, but defensively unbelievable. And if you look yeah, at they're a very average offensive yeah. team, but they do have uh, the game breaking players, especially on defense. And uh, Haskinen has been much better in this playoffs than he was in the regular season. That's something we got to account for here. He is playing at an absolutely superstar level. And uh, like you can see in the bottom half there, Dallas's defense, they defend the net front of the net really well. And, you know, typically only allow shots coming in from a point and stuff like that. And, you know, if you're Anton Hudobin, who's been excellent in this playoffs, you're going to take that all day long from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yep, and then slide over to Tampa's real quick. We'll take a look at that one. Yep, let me just pull that up. So it, it's going to be an interesting matchup, and I think it's going to, going to come down to goaltending a little bit as well. Uh, Kudobin is a sort of riding a hot goalie. I don't think anyone expected Kudobin to be that good. So you look at Tampa Bay's offense, it's just all offense all the time. But defensively, they allow a lot of high-danger chances, especially from the inner slot. So we'll see what happens, but I'm definitely in favor of Dallas. I'm cheering for Dallas um, at this point. I really want to see them win just because they it seemed destined to happen. But you the key factor here, it's going to be through the middle of the ice because as you saw in the heat maps, you know, Dallas really only allows a lot of chances from the point, whereas Tampa Bay operates all their offenses. You can see in the upper half of that heat map through the center of the ice. They're so dangerous down the middle. So whoever is able to lock up, I would say, the middle of the ice is going to win this series. I think it, that's going to be the key battle here. And you mentioned uh, Miro Haskinen, Nick. So let's move on to uh, Con Smythe. Who's your uh, Con Smythe pick? Well, you said it there, Miro Haskinen all the way. He has been extraordinary in this playoff run for Dallas. Again, they've hit another level simultaneously with Miro Haskinen making that step up. We all like to laugh our heads off because I picked him to win the Norris at the beginning of this year. Ha ha ha. I guess I underestimated him because it looks like at this rate, if Dallas wins the Stanley cup, he's likely going to be the guy that wins the con Smythe. He is one of the leading scorers of this entire playoffs. I, he's skating beautifully. He's full of confidence right now. And, you know, at 21 years old, it's, unbelievable that he's playing this well in a playoff run like 22 points in 21 games that's extraordinary for a 21 year old defenseman he is my pick all the way to win the con Smythe. nick basically said everything i was going to say about miro heiskin i'm a big fan of miro heiskin so i uh, kind of took the words out of my mouth he's also my con Smythe pick he's playing some unbelievable hockey but luke you're the only one with a different uh yeah I feel nick and i bit, are on the same wavelength right now feel but a bit what, outnumbered what here yeah um braden point and I said it yesterday, my con Smythe pick, so I kind of spoiled it. But he's just—he's having—he's—he's kind of like he—he's not having this. Well, he kind of—he's not having this out of this world playoff performance. He's—he yes, is. Yeah, I mean, he's he, twenty-five points in I think seventeen games. Um, he's—he's he's Tampa's driving force in surprisingly uh over the past few months in in their offense and i think um i have his game logs up here now and i i didn't even know this uh since game two against boston well i think that's game two um against boston well he's been in the lineup they won every single game and i said that yesterday if point plays tonight yesterday they're gonna win uh i i just 
I like, obviously I have Tampa winning, like I said, and if they win, I don't know who else you would, you would kind of pick not, not to say all their other, um, you know, relied upon argument for Hedman there, but that's what I'm saying. Like not to say all their other relied upon um, right. players aren't performing. I just think there's no question when slash if Tampa wins a cup, you have to give the cons Smythe the point. Fair enough. All right, Nick, anything you want to add or should we move on to the X factor? Let's move on to our X factors. All right, Nick and I also have the same X factor. Yeah, you you use the one and I, I have a different one. You can Okay, use so first. so mine is mine is goaltending. Look, I don't think uh, like I said before, kind of riding a hot goalie, um, Dallas with Anton Kudobin. He's played unbelievable. And yeah, I think, good for him. Good for him. I think him. if they can keep that going, because Bishop has been deemed unfit to play. I'm not really sure what the details are with Ben Bishop. All we know is he is unfit to play for whatever reason. And I think Kudobin sort of stepping into that role, playing unbelievable, um, being a really clutch player for the Dallas Stars has obviously benefited them. So that's my X factor. I really hope he can keep it going and hopefully can uh, can get Dallas that uh, that Stanley Cup. Yeah, I will say uh, my X factor then, because I also said goaltending, that's going to be the key thing for Dallas especially. But I think the other X factor for this series overall is going to be the health of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Braden Point was a game-time decision in Game 6. He missed Game 5 against the Islanders. Anthony Sorelli looked to be pretty banged up at one point in that game versus the Islanders before he came back and scored the overtime winner. And Steven Stamkos still injured. We don't even know what's going on with him. He is skating. We don't know if he's going to play in this final, if he's going to be a factor in it at all. But if the Tampa Bay Lightning can get all three of these guys in the lineup, obviously that is massive for them because they're all extremely good elite hockey players. And it's going to be that much more difficult for Dallas to contain them if Tampa Bay is fully healthy. If they're not fully healthy and all three of these guys miss some portion of the series, then it's obviously looking a lot more gloomy for the Tampa Bay Lightning. No matter how good they are, if they don't have those key offensive pieces, it's going to be, make Dallas's job of defending all the more easier. So the health of the Tampa Bay forwards is definitely the X factor for me. Luke? I guess in a roundabout way, that's, that's not what I had written down, but in a roundabout way, that's kind of what I would say as well. But more so in the way, I think if, if everyone on Tampa, not just forwards, if everyone on Tampa can play as they should be expected to play at, at that level of, you know, the Tampa Bay lightning of the past few years, then I think, I think that's the key. I think, and part of that is injuries. And I would say Stamkos plays at some point in the finals, unless whatever's going on with him is long-term, which, you know, you, you'd hope it isn't. I don't see any reason why he wouldn't play. I think he's going to want to push it. Uh, so if, if he has that ability, I, I see him playing. And I just think if, if everyone on Tampa can 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 fit into their role and and do what they're expected to do, I I don't see Dallas winning unless unless they go and they have been going above and beyond, but unless they continue to elevate their game more than uh, more than they have been expected to. Yeah, I think I think if Tampa plays, and sorry, I don't want to like rag on the Tampa Lightning because they they guess they like they they play well in certain spurts, but honestly. The past two games were brutal. And last night, if they play how they played last night, they got really lucky with that Sorelli overtime goal. It was a good forecheck. But other than that, everything before that, it was all the Islanders. And I think if they play like that uh, within the first game or the second game, Dallas is going to capitalize and they'll make them pay. So I think Tampa has to be wary with how – I don't want to say how confident they are because I'm all about teams taking risks offensively and stuff like that. But I think 
they might have to tighten up their play a little bit if they want to sort of match the intensity of the Dallas stars. So um, let's move on. We have sort of like random outliers and, and stuff like that in our, in our predictions. Um, this, is, this is more of a fun one. Just yes. uh, some random predictions for the series. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and predict that Steven Stamkos doesn't score any points in this series. Even if he comes back, I don't think it, it seems like if they're going to play him at all, it's going to be in a rush situation. I don't know how effective yeah. he's going to be. It's hard to say. Whether he plays or not, I'm going to say Steven Stamkos does not score any points in this series is a non-factor. Uh, wow. Okay. I Mine's similar, but not – well, yeah, sort of similar. I think um, not enough people are talking about how disappointing Tyler Sagan has played. I've been crediting Dallas all episode, really, about how impressed I've been. Tyler Sagan has two goals in 20 playoff games, only six assists, eight points. Like, He's supposed to be one of their driving offensive forces. And you look he at the regular driving season. offensive force. Yeah. And if you look at the regular season, uh, I know Radulov has had a good playoffs, but he sort of struggled the regular season. He was scratched a couple times this year. I think if, although I think Dallas is going to win, if they want to sort of not be pushed over the edge, but really augment their play offensively, Tyler Sagan has to figure it out because his playoff numbers before were, we're okay. Like uh, in 2018, he had 11 points in 13 games. I'm not sure what's going on. Maybe there's an underlying injury we don't know about, but I think he really needs to figure it out because um, it's been nothing short of uh, disappointing for him. I think uh, now this one's a bit out there and it really relies on my games prediction of five games. I have Hedman records more points than any stars player. I think um, like I said, if, if Hedman plays not, not even above and beyond, if he plays up to expectations and, and the rest of Tampa does as well and, and just kind of deals with, with whatever offense. And I know there's a big question in Dallas offense, whatever offense that this Dallas team is going to bring. Uh, because we know they can bring a lot and that kind of relates back to um, Patrick's X factor. But I, I think if the series goes the way it is, I predict it will be uh, Hedman Hedman records more points than any stars player. I think, uh, I, I think Dallas just doesn't have the, the, the production intensity that, that, uh, that Tampa is going to struggle with. So I don't know. It's, it's obviously a bit of a stretch because you know, it's, it's saying any defense in in any series is going to pr- produce more than, than the opposing team's offense. I don't know. But I think another thing that um, kind of came to mind when Pat, you were talking about Sagan is I, I think that that's a line Basically, cutting out for you too. Have any room gonna? All right. Okay. That way you were, <laughs> you cut out a little bit there, Luke. I didn't really catch all of what you said, but we are we are getting set to wrap up here. We have a lot to come for uh, take to take here on Burnburner. Lots of guests, lots of fun segments. I know we have a redraft. We have a trade bait board draft preview. I know we have a couple guests lined up for that. Um, some even media members in the industry, as we all. All of us are in. And that's uh, going to start next week because yes. we're coming to the end here. Yes, as we're all in uh, sport media, so we definitely want to get 
more details on that. I want to thank all of you guys uh, for tuning in and listening um, either on Twitter or elsewhere. And I want to remind everyone that this show can be heard on Barnburner Radio Network on its 122 platforms. Check out all of it on barnburner.ca for all of the news and updates. We're so excited to get this going on uh, the Barnburner Network. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.